Good morning. Thanks, you guys, so much for being here. Am I a little hot? Passion LA. I just, um, man, you think about your own life and your everyday and your hardships and your trials, and then I look at you guys in the eyes, and I just, I'm amazed by the faithfulness of the Lord, by your, your testimony, by your stories. Um, so just thank you for reminding us of, um, of the Lord's faithfulness. And um, it's just a, real, a gift to have you with us at our church today. So um, as, as Luke shared, we are in our second week of a uh, sermon series called, what is it? Becoming Mature Christ Followers with Jesus at the center. It's our catchiest title ever. I can't even remember what it is. <laughs> Woo! But it is an important one. And Bill did such an excellent job last week of talking about our resurrection hope. We have purpose in this life because of what is to come, right? And it changes everything. When we have eternity in mind, it changes the way we live now. Bill did such a great job. And I want to continue that conversation talking about what we have now. And the passage that I chose is just, it's really interesting in light of your testimony and having you friends with us and just the heaviness in this room. Um, Jesus speaks these words in Matthew 11, and he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And you hear those words of Jesus, and he says things like easy and light. And you hear a story like this, and you look at faces like yours and others in this room, and you wonder, like, how do those things go together? How can we actually experience life that is easy and light in the middle of our pain? And I know most of you, I don't know all of you, but um, I have three kids, one of which is a newborn. He's back there. Um, and it's just been a crazy chaotic season for us right now. Like, since he's been born in October, we have we're not in like kind of crisis trauma season that we've been in in the past. And most of you have walked with us through a lot of that. We've, you know, our family, you know, our story, you know, my life, there's been illness and losses of friends and family and miscarriages and hospitalizations and surgeries and heart attacks. And you know, our, our trauma. And I know mo many of your stories. This one is not the just flat on your face kind of uh, trial. This is more like the everyday grind that I'm in right now. I've got three kids under the age of four, and every day I get out of bed, I say get out of bed, not wake up, because I was never sleeping in the first place. And it's like, Mom, I need, I want peanut butter and, butter and jelly, and you put the peanut butter on the wrong side of the bread, so actually now I want yogurt with bananas, but you peeled the banana wrong, so redo it, and I'm going to dump it on the rug, and now there's yogurt on the floor, and we're late, and 
we can't find shoes that match and I need to go to the bathroom and now we have to get all three kids out of the car. It's just the, the chaos and the grind and the weight and the heaviness of like the everyday. That's where I'm at right now. And we, I mean, we had our son in October and since then we have had COVID, all five of us, RSV, hand, foot, and mouth. What even is that? The flu three times. Who gets the stomach flu three times in four months? I mean, it is just mind boggling to me. Colds, I mean, it's basically what I'm trying to tell you is it's one thing after another. It just feels like we just keep getting knocked down. And I love being a mom. I feel so called to be a mom. And I, there's so many moments of just absolute joy and delight in my life, in my everyday life. But it is hard, right? It's like just every day. I'm like, how is life that Jesus promises easy and light? How is that real? And so today we're going to look at a passage that just walks through the picture of how we receive and are invited into the light and the easy burden with Jesus in the middle of whatever you're going through, whether you are in a season of trauma or coming out of one or loss or betrayal or sickness or death, pain, I don't know, or it's just the everyday, just life is hard right now. We're going to come before the Lord. Let's just take a moment to pray. And I would love to invite you to actually, um, would you actively pray for yourself? I'm going to lead, but would you, um, if you resonate with something that I'm praying, just open your hands in your lap. You don't have to make a big thing out of it. Um, and let's just speak these words to the Lord together. Father, thank you for being present with us. Thank you that um, you see us, you see our pain, you know our burdens. And Lord, you sent your son to know and understand our pain too. He suffered the ultimate pain, death on the cross and betrayal. And I don't say this to diminish our pain in this room. I say it to remind us that he understands, that he knows. You know, God. There's a different weight to your words, Jesus, when you speak them to us, having experienced suffering life in this world. And so we thank you for giving us hope. Lord, I pray this morning that we might believe that these words are true and that we might believe that they're true for us. And even beyond that, God, I pray that this morning we could begin to understand how to bridge the gap for those of us who say, maybe I believe those are true. True words, that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light, but I don't know how to get there, and I am not experiencing the easy and the light. Father, it is, has nothing to do with me. I am just a tired mom who said yes this morning to you but I know that you have the power right now to speak through your word that it would come alive in such a way that it would make sense for us. That this morning would be a moment where things click in our mind and in our heart and we understand that this is real and how we can walk in it. Would you do that, God? I know it's a big thing to ask, but I believe you want us to be people who live this way. I believe you invite us into it. So we ask for a lot. 
this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to read Matthew 6. So if you have your Bible, will you open it? And um, this is a passage that I just love because I think it's Jesus talking through what this looks like. How does the easy burden, the light yoke, did I mix them up? Light yoke, easy burden, yeah. How does it play out? What does it look like? I'm going to start in verse 25, and I'll read it out loud. You can follow along in your Bible if you want. These are the words of Jesus, okay? Jesus says, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. Do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body, as to what you will put on, is life not more than food? and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? Are you not much more than they, than the birds? Verse 27, and who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his or her life? Verse 28, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil or spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Don't worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, verse 33, underline this one. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And we all breathed in and out. The words are so refreshing, aren't they? To hear and I imagine as Jesus taught them, here's what's happening. Let me set the scene for you. This is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? So God's people, the Jews, are all gathered around with the explicit intent to hear from Jesus. They just want to learn from him. Who is this guy? What does he have to say? Who are you? What are you about? I imagine they're kind of leaning forward. If they had a phone, they would be taking notes, right? They're listening. And I just picture Jesus. I don't know why. When I read this passage, I don't picture Jesus preaching with his arm in the air like this. I actually picture him kind of relaxed, just maybe even leaning back, resting in a posture that just communicates total control. Because think about the words he's saying, right? And here's why I picture it like this. Because Paul says the exact same thing in Philippians chapter 4, but here's the way Paul writes it. Almost the exact same message. You're nodding because you know. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, present your request to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's how Paul presents it, right? And it's Paul's method, and Paul is exactly right. He's saying the exact same thing as Jesus, but he's like, A plus B equals C. Do not be anxious. Do you you sense the difference in the way Jesus is talking, in his tone, in his gentleness? He's like, let me just coax it out of you. Are you, what is, what is it that, that, what's the reason that you can't lay down your burden, that it feels too hard, that it feels too heavy? Sit with me. I've got all day. Let's talk about it. That's Jesus' style in this passage. It's like, is it this? Are you worried about provision? Providing for your family, providing for yourself, for your kids? Is that what it is? Let's talk about it. Verse 26, the birds of the air. God feeds them. Verse 28, look at the lilies. God clothes them in splendor, and they're lilies. Even more splendor than Solomon in all his glory. Verse 30, the grass, it's alive for one minute, less than a minute, and then it's gone. And God cares for even the grass. Do you know how much more important you are to God than the birds and the lilies and the grass? Do you know? Do you know your value? Like imagine Jesus looking at you, looking at this group of people, looking at us. What are you carrying? What are you so worried about? Lay it down. God cares for the birds and the lilies and the grass. He surely cares for you even more than them. And if that doesn't convince you, you're like, okay, I I hear it, but it's not connecting with me yet. Jesus is like, that's okay. I got all the time in the world. He keeps going. What's his next argument? Verse 27. Can you gain a single hour to your life by worrying? Nope. Let's just use logic. If if that speaks to you, maybe your right brain, or is right brain the creative? Left brain. And this is what you need to hear. Think about it logically. Can Can you add a single hour to your life by worrying? Okay, you're right, Jesus. That doesn't make sense to sit and worry, to Pretend like I have control over things that I don't really have control over. Jesus is just coaxing. Come on. If that's what it is for you, lay it down. Lay down your burden. Lay it down. Don't carry that. Or if that's not it, verse 32. Look at the Gentiles. The Gentiles are Gentiles. You're the Jews, as he's speaking to this group of people. This this life is all they have. Of course they're worried about material things. Of course they're worried about what they're going to eat and what they look like and the clothes they put on because this is it for them. But what in the world are you guys doing? This is not it for you. You're my people. You are sons and daughters of the high king. You are royalty. Do you know what you have at your fingertips, the, the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that you have access to the perfect peace that surpasses all understanding and the fullness of joy that's found in my presence? The Holy Spirit eternal riches? Why are you living like everyone else? Why are we living like everyone else? When we have so much more, do you know? I just imagine Jesus in this kind and gentle way. Come on, don't forget. Look, you're looking around at everybody else. Who doesn't have me? You have me. Do you know what you were made for? Do you know what you have at your fingertips? You're not a Gentile. We're living for, like Bill talked about last week, eternity. So lay it down. Look up. Shift your perspective here. 
with me. Come along with me. And if that doesn't do it for you, Jesus keeps going. I mean, this is on and on. He is so gentle and kind and inviting in his posture here in this passage. If that's not it for you, how about this? Your heavenly father knows. That's the second part of verse 32. And I feel like this is the the deal breaker for me. Your heavenly father knows. Maybe if it takes you learning your identity or it takes you learning how much you are loved to lay down your burden and to finally take a rest, take a load off, great. But for for some people, it's, I mean, Jesus keeps going all the way to, do you know who God is? That's what he's getting at here. Your heavenly father knows what you need. And I always go back to Psalm 139 when David prays, um, Lord, you search me, you know me, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar, you scrutinize my path, my lying down. You know this passage? You're intimately acquainted with all my ways, he says. Even before there's a word on my tongue, Lord, you know it. So David is acknowledging in this passage, God, you know everything. You know everything. You know everything. You know when I sit. You know what I'm about to say before I say it. You are so acquainted with me, God. And then you know how he ends the Psalm 139 passage? His very last little prayer in this section is, search my heart and know my thoughts. See if there's any anxious way in me and lead me in the path everlasting. And you go, well, why would David pray search my heart, when he spent the entire chapter talking about how God already knows him. I think what's happening in there, and I think what Jesus is getting at here, is that David is realizing the Lord knows him so well that he knows him even better than David knows himself. And so he's actually inviting God when he says, search my heart and know my thoughts. Would you reveal to me what I need to know about myself? because you know more than I. It's, it's like a posture of humility, right? Could you show me what I need? Because you know better. And Jesus is saying in this passage, your father knows better. He knows what you need even before you know what you need. And he loves you and you're his and you're so important to him and you don't have control anyway. So lay it down. And this is Jesus in his most gentle and kind way just inviting us, lay down your burden, lay down your burden, lay down your burden. And you kind of, you're like, do you get the picture yet? He's so kind. He's so loving. And if it feels heavy, maybe it's because you were never meant to carry it in the first place. Just let me have it. It's mine. And the series that we're in is all about how Jesus did the heavy lifting so that we don't have to. He's already done it. And so he says, can you let me carry it? And that's what the light burden feels like. And that's the invitation of the light burden. Let me convince you, Jesus says. But there's a second part, and it's the yoke. Because in that Matthew 11 passage, every time Jesus talks about rest or a light burden, he pairs it with this word about the yoke. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. They always go together. So it's not just the laying down the burden. It's the putting on the yoke. And for some of us, we we get the laying down the burden part. We're like, okay, I get it. I hear Jesus. I'm going to lay down my... He's convinced me in this passage to lay down my burden at his feet. But I can't put on the yoke. 
because it feels like it'd be too heavy. And I would ask, have you really laid down the burden if it's going to be too heavy to put on the yoke? Because you can only wear one yoke at a time. You can't serve in this passage. Oh, my gosh. Jesus says you can't serve two masters in the, in the verse right leading up to what we just read, which is called the cure for anxiety. Either you'll hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. He's talking about wealth in this passage, but man, this is bigger than just wealth, right? You can't wear two yokes at the same time. And so if we get stuck on the putting on Jesus's yoke in his way part, I would ask, have we actually surrendered our own way yet? Or are we just trying to add it to the top? And that's why it feels so heavy. And so Jesus' invitation, put on my Yoke, you can't serve two masters. What is his yoke? What is his way? It's right here at the end of this passage. It's all the words and ways of Jesus that we see in scripture. In this passage in particular is the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking through what his way looks like. Verse two, when you give, here's what it looks like. Verse five, when you pray, here's what it looks like. Verse 14, I'm just looking at the the first sentence. When you forgive, Dot, dot, dot. Here's what it looks like. Verse 16, when you fast, here's what it looks like. Jesus is walking through all of his way. But then at the end of the passage that we just read, he says this. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And I think that's the secret to the yoke. Seeking first his kingdom. Seeking first. What does that look like first? Well, I just get stuck on that word first, first. Because we could just sit there all day, right? That's so hard for us to even think about his way above our own way. First in our life as a youth, first in in our week, first in our day, first with our time and our energy and our money. How could we seek you first in all of it, Lord? Because here's the thing. We need things, right? Right? We are going to ask for healing in our life. We're going to ask for wisdom or love or um, what else do we want from the Lord? <laughs> Everything. I mean, we, we're, material needs, money. We're, we need things. We're gonna, that's not bad for us to ask God for what we need. But what does it look like for us to ask to seek his kingdom first in all of it? To say, okay, Lord, I need financial help I need money, I need material needs, but your word says, store up treasures in heaven. And your word says to be generous and to give the first of our fruits of our labor. So that's seeking the kingdom first. It's, it's shifting our mindset to say, okay, it's not bad to ask. God cares about our needs. He knows what we, what we need. He loves us. He's going to provide for us. He has a track record of doing so. It's not, it's not a bad thing to seek him in it. But how do we seek the kingdom first? And the beautiful part about this is not that we go home and we say, okay, well, now my my homework is I need to be better at seeking first the kingdom. I need to do a better job. And I just, I'm not doing good. But what we do when we kind of have this mindset is we, we think we're like climbing the ladder, right? It's like sneaky Pelagianism. Some people will not understand that. But anyway, you know what I mean? It's like we're trying to earn our way to God when God has already come to us. When everything is already free for us. When he's already done all the heavy lifting. When he's already done the work. That's why the resurrection matters. Because he's already done it all. 
And so the invitation is, I have done it. I have done the work. I have carried the load so that it's not heavy for you. I invite you by the power of my spirit, even the ability for you to ask the question, what does it look like to seek me first and my kingdom first is because of the Holy Spirit in us. Did you know that? It's the grace of God. Even the faith that we have to believe is a gift of God. So God, since he's already done it, says, hey, can you actually surrender to me? Can you lay down your burden? Can you surrender to my way of living and leading? Take my yoke upon your back and allow me to lead you. Like picture reins on a horse. And let me be in charge and I'll show you what it looks like and I'll show you where to go and I'll lead you by my Holy Spirit. And I think this is what it looks like what the easy yoke and the light burden looks like. It's not going home and trying harder to be better and then being like, dang it, I haven't been seeking first the kingdom. It's surrendering our whole lives and ourself to the Lord and allowing him to lead us. I have this um, mom in my life, this wonderful woman in our community, and we were sitting down the other week and she said, Brooke, I just, I wanna talk this through with you because I meet with a lot of young moms and it's just a hard time in life. Like, we're, they're just drowning and hopeless and everything feels so heavy and overwhelming and they don't know what to do and where to turn to and they don't have time for the Lord and Bible study. And, and I see you and I know that, you know, you've got all of these sicknesses over all these months with your kids and you're, she's in my living room and she goes, you got yogurt on your floor still from yesterday and I'm looking at you and your life is hard and, and hectic and crazy. I didn't share the story I shared last service about how, you know, I work, work, work all day long and then get to the end of the day and, you know, my four-year-old, this would never happen to me, this is hypothetical, um, looks at me and I'm putting him to sleep and I, I love you so much, you know who you are, blah, blah, blah. He looks at me and says, um, well, I don't love you, mom. And it's like, just so thankless, you know what I mean? I'm like, how am I raising this child who like looks at me in the face and is like, basically you're blowing it. He said things to me like, I wish I was in a different family. I'm like, what is the problem here? So anyway, the, the burden of it, the just the draining, the heart of life, you know? It's like, it's a lot. And she looks at me and she's like, how do you live light and easy? Where's the hope? What's the difference? between you and this other mom. And I was like, I, I've been thinking about it. It's this message. It's this passage. It's truly, this is what it is. I am not doing it better. I'm doing it worse, actually. I'm doing it worse, and I'm realizing how bad I am at it, and I'm desperate for him. That's all it is. It's me saying, I'm at the end of myself, so I need you, Jesus. It's me saying, I can't do this well. I am just, I'm out of my league. <laughs> I did not know what having three kids under age four was gonna feel like or look like. And so I, I crave you, Lord, like more than anything. I need his love to remind me of who I am, of what I was made for, of my purpose. I need his, I literally need his strength every day. I'm still getting up all night with my kid. Judge me if you want. I used to judge, and now I have a third kid who doesn't get with the program. <laughs> but I need it. I need him. I need him. I crave to be in his word where it speaks truth over me, where he reminds me of his love, 
That's where the power is. I just desire his presence. And here's the beauty of it. That foundation cannot be shaken. No matter what my circumstances are, because our circumstances don't change. They don't become easier somehow when we have this light yoke and easy burden of Jesus. It's not like life gets better or, yeah, or just everything's gone. The problems are gone. It's that we have Jesus in the midst of them. And if he is what we really long for, like if, if his face is what we seek more than anything in the world, that cannot be taken. We won't be let down and I'm not let down and I still have hope and I still am experiencing joy even when my kid looks at me and says, I don't love you. I'm like, you're lying, you do love me, but my worth does not depend on what you say and how you treat me. Life is, ch life is challenging, life is hard. But that's the easy yoke. When we fix our eyes on Jesus and we say, I'm just going to look at you. You know that, um, that hymn that says, um, and the things of uh, strange they do. You know what I mean? In the line, what's the first line? Turn your eyes upon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what I mean. That's what it is. It's like when he is what we see and we just have like blinders on and we're like, okay, God, I surrender to you. Even like closing our eyes and surrender. I'm wearing your yoke alone. I'm not looking around. You are what I want. You are what I need. He's faithful every time. He's faithful every time. Isn't it true? You know it to be true. Romans 8. I'm going to close with this. So now I live with confidence that there is nothing in the universe with power to separate us from God's love. Do you believe that? Is that what you really want? Because that's the light yoke and the easy burden. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, over life's troubles, over fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. I don't even know what that means. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Can we say that together? There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love. This is right out of Romans 8, you guys. It's also the Passion Translation, so it's a little feelier, but which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. That's it. That's all it comes down to. Because of the resurrection, because the resurrection is real, because of what Jesus did on the cross in his death and raising from the dead, we cannot be separated from the love of Christ. And that's it. That is the secret for us that makes our lives different than everybody else's. And we can walk in them now. Some of us, we have never even laid down our burdens and we're like, okay, Lord, I'll give you a chance. I'll take on your yoke just this once. I wanna pray. I wanna give us an invitation to pray for that right now. And others, man, we are like, we think we're doing it. Maybe we lay down a little bit of the burden, but we, we haven't taken it all off. We're not all in with his yoke on our back. What I want most, what I seek first, one thing I seek that I shall ask that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's it. So let's pray.
Lord Jesus, for those of us who have never laid down our burden and for those of us who have done it every single day and are, we're reminded we just have to keep doing it again and again and we'll do it again tomorrow, we lay it down. We lay it down right now. You say in Matthew 6 that we matter to you. You say in Matthew 6 that we're yours, that our identity is in you. You say in Matthew 6 that you are God and we are not. And you know us and you know our needs and you will be with us. And we want to believe you. And honestly, many of us, we've tried the other way and it hasn't really worked. So Lord, we lay it down. We're striving. We're exhausted. Would you be with us? And Lord, the other part of this is seeking your kingdom first. Seeking your kingdom first. Taking on your yoke means seeking you above all else. We cannot serve two masters. Lord, we do not want to be like everyone else. Looking at this world and the things of it and being weighed down by them, trying to keep up with this and that and the other, give us blinders so that we would see only you and your way, God. For some of us, if we have never received your grace over our life, we've never taken on your yoke before, now we pray, Lord, my life is yours. My way is full of sin. My way is selfish. Maybe my way is fun sometimes, but it doesn't last. But I'm done. I want to live for more. I'm ready to take you seriously to give you a chance Jesus so I lay down my sin in exchange for your grace what kind of a trade is that even thank you Father thank you for your grace thank you that what you give us in exchange for laying down our burdens is actually light it's lighter than what we are carrying before. Lord, would this morning be a time of surrender? Surrender to all of the other things that are competing. want to seek you, Lord. We want to be a church that has eyes for you only. Father, I know how good it is. I know how faithful you are. You never let me down. Even on my hardest days. And I know you won't for any of the sons and daughters of yours in this room. So give us the faith to believe, to trust, to surrender.
sounded like a good amen. invite you guys to stand. We're going to sing a worship song and then end with communion. Just 
Reflecting on this theme that's so consistent throughout the scriptures of God's goodness and his presence with us. And um, I was reminded of, of Psalm 23. Um, and I just want to read it before us as, as a furthering um, prayer of God who is present with us. Here's Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And here. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is consistent throughout Scripture. And Brooke was leading us to is that we can trust God. We can give him our anxieties. We can trust in his faithfulness, his loving goodness that will stay with us all the days of our life. And we can take on his yoke and embody this new way of living. And we're about to take communion here. And this is our example. This is the way of life that the Lord has shown us, the good life that we get to live. And we look to uh, his table. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread um, and he broke it and he gave it to each of his disciples that he was sharing a meal with. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take and eat. I don't, you can take and eat it now. I didn't really clarify. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and in a similar manner, he took the cup and he passed it around to each of his disciples and said, take and drink. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Take and drink. And we continue to do this in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, and we proclaim his death until he comes again. The worship team's going to keep playing. You guys are free to go about your day. If anyone would like prayer, there's going to be some of us in the back corner that would love um, to pray for you and to care for you that way. But, um, go in the power of the Holy Spirit and have a good week. <laughs>